Welcome to Wine, Spirits, and, and Witches. This is Monica. And this is Shauna, and we're your high priestess for this evening. And tonight, Straglitz, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have, and I was going to, I'm just already stumbling over my words because I'm really excited. Usually our guests, everyone's like, oh, it's an astrology episode. It's Space Daddy. It is not Space Daddy. Tonight is Tea Mama, I guess, if we're going with subjects and parents. Um, tonight we have a really special guest with us. She is the tea witch and author SM Harlow. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. It's been a minute, like we've been trying to make this work and it finally came together. So thank you so much for being on the show. I stumbled across you on Instagram one day. I'm not exactly sure how that happened. And I was like, Ooh, tea, Ooh, witchcraft. Ooh, perfect. Mm -hmm. And, and here we are. <laughs> and I'm especially interested because I'm a tea leaf reader. Really? Oh, oh yes. yes, you are. That's right. How yeah. So it's interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> so before we start diving in to everything that is within the world of tea witchery for you, we always start the show talking about what we're drinking, which usually is boozy and we get funnier and slurrier as the episodes go on. Uh, but tonight in honor of interviewing you and talking about tea, I actually brewed a batch of iced prickly pear and hibiscus tea. Ooh, nice. So that's really what, refreshing in this summer heat. Uh -huh, exactly. So that's what I got going on tonight. Monica, what do you got? Today I have simply water and lemon because I'm having a, a, a thing with my hoo-ha so <laughs> just water and tea and not tea lemon and water tonight okay lemon is still magical it is it's very mm -hmm. magical especially in our tradition the steg is there lemon is one of the main trees and in in, uh, in the uh and in, in the forecast for us yes for sure may it heal your hoo-ha Yes, thank you so much. Blessings <laughs> to the hoo-ha, Monica. Blessings to the hoo-ha. Yes. Cheers to the hoo-ha. And what are you drinking tonight? Well, I was really torn by, just to honor your podcast, Wine and Witches, I was almost reaching over to my potions recipes, the, like, for example, the prosperity kind, which involves some whiskey. But I was, I'll confess, I was kind of nervous. So I decided to go with my courage tea recipe. So oh. yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be nervous. We don't bite. We are hot mess witches just riding high on our broomsticks, trying not to fall off. <laughs> Same here, earliest. I was dancing wild before. When I said earlier, I was just drinking tea and listening to music. I was right here in this space, just dancing in circles. So I'm good now. <laughs> yeah, that's I, awesome. I dig it. I dig it. So let's, let's get right down to it. I discovered you on Instagram and what caught my eye was that you have a book out called the tea, Witches grimoire. Yes. And I've read it and I have to say, I absolutely adore all of the recipes in there. 
And it's one of those things where you have very easily attainable ingredients for people, as well as some interesting ones of stuff. I'm like, Ooh, I don't think I've tried that before. So there's really something for everyone in there mm-hmm. and all different topics for it. And it just kind of goes out, but you don't just have that. You also have a blog, a beautiful Pinterest page, all of these things. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how all of these things kind of came up for you. Tell me everything about you in three sentences. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Sentences. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, It's a long road, but basically started my tea witchery path really when I was 17 and I worked for a metaphysical store and I was, I was kind of like a little hunchback mole in the back room, basically uh, making all the little different um, ingredients like incense and candle dressings and oil making. And what really drew me was the, the herbs, the folklore behind them, the magical properties. It just called to me. And I just loved the whole almost scientific method of balancing the, the powers, the energies within these herbs. And a couple of years later, probably about two years later, I then um, got hired as an apothecary apprentice. And she also had a uh, a tea room too behind the acupuncture and apothecary. Um, And the man that ran the tea room, he was a tea master. So he was so kind enough to teach me the ways of tea, like real traditional Chinese tea and all the health benefits behind it. So, After that, I became obsessed over the folklore, like the magical properties of tea, I mean, (laughs) herbs, and the health benefits of tea itself. And I guess I just joined them together and really began blending and serving tea because at that point I started to work at, I don't know if anyone remember this, but Tivana, which Mm -hmm. is, yeah, I worked there. Um, when I was, I can't lie. I'm a, I'm a, a T I was a Tivana junkie. So it was just so good. Yes. <laughs> well, if you were in the Glendale area, I was in that shop. So are you based in Los Angeles? I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Yeah. For and some the- reason in my head, I thought you were in Texas. I don't know why my brain decided to say that. <laughs> So, okay. Well, hi. Okay. Then maybe we could have done this in person. We might have a part two one day. Well, I've moved away. Oh, you have. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's actually kind of worked out actually. Cause the, the time we were talking about doing this, I was in the process of actually selling my home and moving. So now I'm in the oh. South. Okay. The- okay. So I wasn't too, is it Texas? Was I right anywhere in the ballpark? No. Okay. I'm I got it kind of, it's the South Alabama. Mm-hmm. right on okay well I hope that you're settling in well it is lovely honestly the nature out here is wild I just oh it's just so powerful out here for me like I'm a thunderstorm junkie I just love the power of a storm you know and out here in Alabama the nature is just it's wild and you can you just absorb it, you know, as witches, you just absorb that power. And it's so, 
intoxicating. Anyways, sorry, go back. <laughs> no, I love that. That's, that's a really great point. You know, being born and raised in Los Angeles myself, like we don't, what, what's our nature? We get what Griffith park with all of its dead plants. Like, I mean, we have hawks everywhere, which is super rad, you know, but when you travel outside of LA and especially to different parts of the country and you see actual greenery and actual wildlife, it's so special. Yes. It's just, it's mind blowing. So I know what you mean. Um, I got to take a road trip a couple of years ago across the country and experience a lot of the South and a lot of different parts of the country. And it was amazing. So I can only imagine being able to have that in like a closer proximity. And you just basically just moved in the last few months, right? So have you, do you feel like you've magically started to settle in and find like any like animal friends out there or different things, like become friends with your environment in a magical way? Almost immediately. Yeah. I have, it's funny. I've come across so many uh, snail shells. To me, they're just beautiful. I just love the beautiful swirl on their shell that for me, that's a perfect symbol of rebirth and transformation, which is exactly what's happening. And um, I, I also encountered a snake too, down by the Creek. (laughs) It just swam right between my legs. So I was like, Oh, well, look at that. (laughs) That's symbolic. That's Uh, kind of terrifying. Yeah. It was a um, water moccasin and everybody was freaking out. (laughs) Oh yeah. I would. Yeah. That was a really awesome protected moment for you then. Wasn't it? Totally. Especially since right before, uh, that happened, I was in the Creek and (laughs) I, I I don't know if I actually posted in my Instagram, maybe not. I'm not sure, but I was standing in the Creek. You could literally see me scooping up the water and I'm just splashing it over me made in style, you know, and just enjoy myself and asking for blessings and just to, fuse my essence with nature and then moments later the snake comes between my legs and nothing happened you know it just really kind of it looks as spooked as me and it just kind of swam off you know so it kind um, of sounds to me like you need to like maybe do some research on the spiritual meaning of the water moccasin and and make friends with it I actually was talking to one of my really good friends about that today um about the more aggressive animals, we were specifically talking about wasps. And mm. I was like, you know, you, cause she was saying something about using them for protection. I was like, well, you know, they're more cursy because they're so aggressive, at least in my opinion. However, if you worked with the spirit of the wasp and like, or the water moccasin in your case, and kind of got to build that, that bond that could very much so be protective. And if someone wanted to, for whatever reason, throw that kind of energy at you, it would really backfire because you're already friends with it. Um, what I could tell you about snakes in general, though, is that they're, they're all about healing. Some of them are about healing. So if you needed to be healed in any way, that was your sign that they were, you know, change in healing. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is Definitely a healing change. move for you. Yes. That's pretty apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. I was the last thing, last thing was a nest, actually a mama bird. I, I just planted a peppermint plant outside my back door. And a few days later, a little bird mama came and laid a nest there. Oh, oh that's oh amazing. New birth, new beginnings. There you go. Again, right. just 
blows my mind. Yeah. Right. Right. Listen to the sounds and the sights of nature. They teach us the animals and everything. You know, that working with the herbs, you know, that they, they talk to us. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really exciting. So I love, I love this. And I, do you feel like now that you're in a place that is a little bit more nature, have you been able to like kind of go around and like maybe forage anything for your teas and kind of get like wild, like nature witch on it? Uh, somewhat. I, I have this app on my phone that is so helpful in identifying plants, especially out in the wild. And it's called picture this. And I found such a wide range of plants and about, and I've collected a few. I found some, um, fennel. Uh, I found also mushrooms that I got so excited about. My husband was like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's be careful here. Like that's dangerous. <laughs> don't do that. You might die or hallucinate. We don't know. Well, I mean, is that such a bad thing? But anyway, it's fine. So you obviously didn't die. You might be tripping right now. None of this could be real. We don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you find the energy of the that side of the country different than California yes big time right yes. mm-hmm. yeah I know it feels like a heartbeat out here yeah it's grounded it's more grounded there absolutely yes. there's no two ways about that the trees talk and they reach out in the wind it's it's, I don't like the wind. I love the wind. She, I find a trainer to like the wind. You know, you gotta listen to the voice of the wind. Exactly. You know, I find days now that I don't mind it, and I'll actually sit outside with the baby, <laughs> and he likes watching like how the plants move from the wind. So we sit outside and watch it, and sometimes I don't mind. And then other days I wake up and I look out the window. I'm like, fucking disgusting. <laughs> so it's, it's a hit or miss. Well, I don't blame you. In California, when it was really windy, it practically just blew dust into your face. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. This is usually where I ended up moving out of Los Angeles. I moved to by Riverside area. So mm-hmm. it was like a poof right into your face. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So to take it back a little bit, you mentioned that you worked at a metaphysical store when you were a teenager. So it sounds like you've kind of known for a really long time that you were a witch or at least on some kind of spiritual path. Can you tell us a little bit about your path to becoming a witch? Was it like this big aha moment or was it just always there? Honestly, I felt like it was always there. Um, I, I distinctly remember 11 years old when it really kicked into gear and I started to look around and notice how different I was. I mean, here I was making mud pies for trees and, <laughs> and putting little bouquets of plants or like flowers onto a stick and using it as a wand and giving it to friends as little gifts. And all the kids just kind of looked like, what are you doing? They're not talking to you. You know, that little mouse is not talking to you, (laughs) but you know, it was just, and I, it was never really like they talked to me. It was more like I felt nature, especially I felt it all from every living source (laughs) and even well, spirits as well. You know, they, I, I would say that I was definitely an empath before I was a witch because I felt everything so intensely. And as I got older, I started realizing how 
how many things I started to manifest by my intentions, you know, things that I desired and it will just kind of happen and pop up, you know. I, I would say when I was probably 13, 14, maybe I was six, sixth grade or seventh grade, I remember sneaking out of school to go to the library to look for, to find answers really to what I was feeling and what I was really seeking. And it was, well, let's just say it, was, it felt like destiny when the witchcraft books just kind of came out of the shelves and I just opened them and just, it just felt right. You know, it felt like coming home, like your yeah, soul just clicked. Really. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think everyone listening knows that feeling and it's, it's really amazing. It is an amazing yeah, feeling. It's an amazing feeling. It feels really good. I'm smiling, just like listening to you talk about it. Cause it's such a magical moment in your life. And we've all been there at some point. And it's just really awesome that you can like yeah. distinctly remember it. And I love that you ditched school to go to the library. <laughs> like I absolutely love Can't that. get in trouble for that. Can you <laughs> to the library, right? Mm -hmm. no. This is a muggle school. <laughs> well, I, I found my witchery when I walked into a metaphysical store for the first time and mm -hmm. walked in the door and I looked around and I smelled the aroma. I said, I'm home. That's what I yeah. said. That's exactly my words. So I get it. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what how do you, you I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just, I was curious, just real quick. Like, what about you? About like she told me, like I just said, like when she okay. first had that, moment, you know, you know, it's, it's something, it was always just there. I was always the weird kid. And I was always really interested in witchcraft. I was always really interested in ghosts. It was just a part of my upbringing and like my weird interest. It's funny that you say something about being 11 years old mm -hmm. because, you know, my mom would buy me like little spell books and stuff like that. And it was funny because my grandmother like would encourage it, but then be like, but don't worship Satan. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but a couple of years ago, I was, I was out the door trying to get out the door for work. And I had this big bookshelf by my front door and it just collapsed just uh -huh. kaboom. And can I just say, it's really impressive how much shit a bookshelf can really hold. So I had to call into work. I was like, I can't even like try and swim out my front door between all of this right now. So through my day of, of trying to organize the piles of books and everything I was in there, I actually found my very first spell and I luckily dated it when I wrote it down. It wasn't one that I I, I came up with, I did it from a book that I had, but I wrote the, I wrote it down. And I wrote the date on it and I was 11. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so just from there, it was something I was always into. I read tarot my whole life. And then when I was about 18, I started discovering like classes and other, you know, books and things that was a lot more structured, a lot more formal that I was able to do to really study and get into it. And I actually worked at a metaphysical store when I was 17 too. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, a, it's crazy. And so it's just like, there's a lot of parallels there. Everything you're saying, I'm like, wow. I'm like, I did that too. She's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I love tea. I, it just like, it becomes kind of an addiction where I have to tell myself like, okay, you can't buy more until you finish what you have. I do that with tea and with incense, but Amen. the one thing that just popped into my head is I bet you have the most impressive apothecary. 
to blend (laughs) all of your teas. And you, I mean, your recipes are so diverse and amazing and interesting. Like they, you have to have like an insane pantry or something going on. I'm assuming. Let's just say it took forever to pack up when we had to move. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, My husband was like, are you sure? I was like, yes. What are you talking about? It took forever to collect this. (laughs) I mean, at this point, your apothecary is like family. You can't abandon it. It is. It really is. They're all your little buddies and your friends. (laughs) But yeah, I would say it's, it's taken up hmm, four, five cabinets or so and some in the pantry. (laughs) But I mean, I'm going to be honest, it's not super impressive. We're like in little mason jars, you know, you got to make it work. Well, you also, you have to make it worth and work. And you also have to make sure that you're not just gang of herbs and letting them go go bad and surprise oh no see like now jedi's like oh wait i hear a dog so (laughs) our dogs our dogs might just take over the episode now it's totally fine so i have barking dogs i have a baby like there's there's always side noise yeah there's always something happening welcome to the world of podcasts everyone (laughs) (laughs) so when you do your recipes is it mostly intuitive and knowledge together or is it the intuitive, mostly knowledge? Uh, yes, a little bit of both, but I would say it leans more towards knowledge. Um, you, when you learn each... Oh, okay. <laughs> Willow, button Willow, come here. Stop, please. <laughs> I have to ask, what kind of dog is Willow? Can we be friends? She is a Welsh corgi. <laughs> Shit. Oh, okay. We got a corgi up there. It's like a bigger yeah. dog. Yeah, she's bad. When she hears something, she just doesn't want to stop. But anyway. I mean, there's plenty of critters. Like we were just talking about that. She's got water moccasin and, and a bird and all these things. Well, I know her. this time, this time it's her boyfriend. She has a, a human man that she loves here. <laughs> and she hears him in, in his truck. Wow, I see, I see. She's just saying, honey, welcome home. <laughs> yeah, basically. She's, she's trying desperately to get onto the bed, but she can't reach it. Stumpy oh, corgi life. It happens. Sorry, hold on. No worries. Get. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you can still hear her. Anyway, so <laughs> it's a... Uh, it, the, the teas that you choose is basically more towards knowledge, um, understanding how each tea has its own energy and essence behind it. Um, the way I do it and how I've been taught, it's much like when you blend together incense or oils, you, you reach a balance within the herbs. But if their energies, their, their elements align together. So mm-hmm, basically... Um, you just seek you, for a balance. You mentioned that you actually got to work with a team master as well. So you really understand like a background about tea and its history and all of these different parts of it. It's not just throwing dried herbs together and hoping something's yummy or medicinal, right? Yes. <laughs> Do you have any advice for anyone listening? Cause I know like, I think we all try and make teas once in a while, you know, Monica and I work at a really wonderful metaphysical store in LA that has a beautiful apothecary. So there's definitely been times that I've thrown herbs together to make something for myself, 
But um, is there any piece of advice that you could give people that are interested in kind of upping their like home tea game a little bit? Well, definitely take your research seriously, right? Look into how each herb can affect you health-wise before just whipping it together because every herb though less potent than actual medication still has an effect to the body, whether it can make you um, go to the bathroom more or raise your blood pressure or lower your blood pressure. It's important to understand how each herb can affect affect you. Um, Otherwise start small, you know, little safe doses and definitely the more uh, regular safety herbs um, to blend together. You know, that's, there are herbs that look so much alike, like Queen Anne's lace. And what's the other one uh, that looks very much like Queen Anne's lace. One is poisonous and one is not right. So you have to be able to, to recognize if you're pulling it from nature. Ah, yes. Especially if you're in nature, it'd probably be important to get an app that can really yes, help tell you what you're picking. Yeah. <laughs> and but, even then still be careful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say if you're not, if you're still a novice when it comes to herbs, don't go foraging. Look, look for a trustworthy apothecary that, you know, they have these, um, sources of herbs that are, definite, you know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, it's really good though, to go harvesting anyway. I mean, I always love that. <laughs> oh yeah. Grow it yourself and you know, I oh, would yeah. think that most places would have an herbalist or somebody that might offer like a nature walk. And as long as they're reputable and knowledgeable, you know, you might be able to have them help you figure out how to forage in your area. And that might be a really fun, like activity, you know, coven field trip kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed um, one of your spells that you did, I think it was a, a protection spell and you used all of the elements. You used the earth, air, the fire and the water. And I absolutely love that one because you incorporated all the elements into that spell. And some parts were tea and some were not, but it was a great, it was a great uh, spell. I really liked that one. Mm-hmm. You know which one I'm talking about? I think so. Is it on my blog or in my book? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's on, I think it's on your blog. I think that's where I got it from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really good. I love that. And I, as I was reading, it was like water and earth and fire and air. I was like, oh, this is fabulous. So <laughs> I love the way you did that. That was great. Thank you. Yeah. I gotta say props to you. Cause while Monica's very nice, I don't see her really hand out magical compliments ever. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. Thank you. It was I like mean, a whole week. It was a week long spell. It's oh yes. The purification, the ultimate purification, purification okay, ritual. Yes, yes, yes. I really like that. That one's my favorite. It really saved me through so much, honestly. Wow, awesome. Can we pull that up somewhere so that we can share it with everyone listening? We're it's talking a, this very long. Okay. Well, where can they find it then? <laughs> Um, let's see. You, you could find it on my blog. It's, um, one of the posts, I think definitely find it on my Instagram. If you go on to the, you know, my bio and the link there, it'll take you straight to my blog and you can look through the different posts there. 
Um, looking through it right now. Perfect. And we'll, we'll share all of that and, and make sure that it gets posted and stuff for people to find that as well. But <laughs> your blog has been really fun to read. I am a Pinterest whore. So I have fallen down <laughs> Pinterest hole as well with your stuff. And I love it. I did want to go back real quick because I wanted your opinion and advice on something that I've seen when it comes to knowing your herbs and understanding how they they affect your body. And you have to really, I would just say, understand the herb and what it does as well as understand your own body because everyone's body will react different. We all have different needs. But I have seen through my years in working in metaphysical stores, people always coming in and asking for mugwort because they want to make mugwort tea or they want to smoke it and stuff like that to, you know, enhance their, their psychic experience and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've done it. I've had mugwort tea. And, you know, when me and my friend did it, we weren't being very sophisticated with it at all. And it was straight mugwort. We did not like mix that tea with anything. It tasted so bad. So yeah. Bad. It's pretty um, good. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say it was some really fun, like tarot readings and cool shit happened <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> But I do know that mugwort can be hard on your kidneys. Yes. And so that's something I try and tell people a lot. Like, and I've seen in some of your recipes where you have listed mugwort as one of the ingredients. So do you, how do you feel about using mugwort as often as people seem to want to experiment with it? Like, do you have any opinions on that? Well, I definitely don't think that should use it as often as if they want to definitely not like more than two or even three times a week. I, I, I advise it to take at least maybe once a month or so, maybe even at, at the most three times a month, just make it ceremonial. You know, if you really want to enjoy it, do it in a special time where you can really connect with what you want, but otherwise use a safe amount, you know, like in my, in my book, for the most part, I, I, I list mugwort to only have, um, I mean, I only add, sorry, (laughs) I basically only place mugwort on there to be taken in a half teaspoon, practically a pinch size, keeping it still within safety doses. Um, and especially mix like mixing it with other things. Yes. But keeping it light should still give you a little bit of the effect, but still mean keeping it intentional. Oh, I really stumbled all that. (laughs) I mean, at that point though, and I do agree because I, I blend baths and it's something that I have to be careful of because there's certain constituents that I use in my baths that, if they were in large amounts could affect somebody, for instance, um, maybe that has high blood pressure or heart problem. Cause in some of my baths, I put like basically just the powder and dust of Yohimbi in one of them. And I can't, I'm not going to put tablespoons of it in there because that can definitely affect your, you know, your blood pressure and all of these other things. So you do have to be careful, but when it comes to working with these kinds of herbs in a magical way, the, the intent is there as well as the spirit, because a little, a leaf will hold the same tree exactly. spirit as the trunk of the tree, you know? Yeah. Exactly. It's all about intentions. And I mean, the ingredient is just part of the spell. Do you have a recommendation for a substitute or something like that in your book? Maybe like if someone maybe does have 
a challenge with their kidneys or something, but wanted to find a psychic tea or something that would be able to like assist them with their divination or that they could take before ritual at all. Let's see. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I realize I should have let you know beforehand, but sometimes questions just pop into my head. No, that's perfectly fine. As far as replacing mugwort, hmm. let me think about that. We can return to that one later too. That's totally fine. Because <laughs> um, I feel like that's always one that that like we go to because we know that it works. You know, and it's so well known for that and to stimulate your third eye that. At least for me, I know when I find magic or I find an ingredient or something that works for me, I tend to get over-reliant and lazy and I don't always broaden my horizons past that because I'm like, hey, I found the thing that works. Why do I need more information? But we should never stop trying to attain information. This is true. Well, let me think about that some more. Um, Well, let me think. I'm trying to think what I usually go towards. (laughs) But it's true what you're saying when you're so used to just adding a little splidge. Mm. See, now we're going to have, she's going to come out with a new recipe for this, guys. She's going to be like, (laughs) all right, I'm going to have to find a way to switch it up. Well, you know, if you go by the the universal law of anything in excess is no good. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you're going to, if you can like walk that walk, you're going to be pretty safe if you can like follow that rule a little bit, you know? So. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess one of my other questions that um, I think is a cool thing to kind of approach and talk about is, well, first understanding a lot of times when we think of witches, right? We think of someone that drinks herbal tea or at least, you know, tries to, and then you brew it and you forget about it and you come back later and it's oversteeped and cold, right? (laughs) Like we all like, but I think that's definitely a thing where it's almost safe to assume that most witches, because there is a love of herbalism within so many crafts that we all kind of drink tea, but there's not always talk of how it is actually incorporated in magic. And tea is a very potent and magical thing because it is legit the witch's brew and you use so many of our naturally occurring elements to make it and plant spirits and all of these different ways to spin this beautiful concoction to make it magical. How does tea show up for you in magic and in your craft? Oh, you mean how I incorporate it into my craft? I I think in a lot of your spells you do. Yes. Every time before I start a spell, a ritual ceremony, I, I decide on the right type of recipe that I will need that will best basically infuse me with the type of energy and power I would need going forward into casting my spells or my rituals. So sometimes I often drink it right before the tea or sometimes I drink it during the ritual and the spells or sometimes I even use it as offerings to the spirits. That's wonderful. I wanted to ask that one next, if there was any tea that you make, cause you have some amazing blends for kind of all different topics. Like I loved reading your book because you had everything from, you know, money brews to the Zodiac, just all sorts of stuff. Like there's really something in there for almost any purpose that you could kind of think of. Do you have like 
a blend that you find spirits tend to like the most as an offering? Oh, well, I usually go to my straight full moon blend. I don't know. That one has just always been my favorite when it comes to giving it to spirits. I think it's because I have a, well, I have a big love and respect for the moon itself. So a lot of the time I brew that full moon blend and I leave it out for the spirits um, as an offering. If I'm trying to actually connect and contact with spirits, then I use my spirit tea blend, which I wonder, did I put that in the book (laughs) or did I save it for the next one? (laughs) Um, Well, hmm. I guess that just means that, you know, everyone listening that wants to know, will just have to get both and find out. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) Like you said, I have to say, have you ever, Monica, given given you like your your spirits like an offering of tea before? No, I've never done that. I've never done that. But you know, I used I have to have a certain kind of leaf when I do my readings. I'm very fussy. It has to be the longer leaves and stuff. It's easier to read for me. But no, I've never offered them tea. But something I'll consider doing now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my spirits are boozers. I think I should try tea. I always just give them straight out wine or hard liquor. (laughs) I honestly always feel bad. Like before, when I was younger, I used to actually leave, you know, some, like some food and some milk or, you know, the usual offerings, but I always feel bad wasting it. (laughs) And when it came down to when I started using tea as an offering, it just, it, (sighs) I don't know. I just felt to me that they took it better, the essence. And I usually like to keep um, kind of pots, like potted areas. Uh, Those are kind of like my altars for giving it to spirits. And afterwards, in a way, I use the the contents as like watering, like to water them. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, like, I'm like sure it's lot. good for some of the mm-hmm. plants out there too. I'm sure the whatever you're putting into the soil is good for them. Yeah. So the nitrates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's not wasteful. You're giving everything back to the earth and properly libating it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is totally off the topic of tea or anything, but I thought you guys might get a kick out of this. So you know, we all kind of know when you put something on an altar, it now belongs to those spirits and deities, right? My son's room has somehow become like the Catholic room. I don't know what happened, but if you walk in there, there's, I just, it's, it's saints. And then there's the, the Virgin Mary's in there. We have her like as Guadalupe and then as Madonna and child, there's Michael's in there. Uh, St. Francis is in there. We have, yeah, St. Francis. And we also have St. Anthony, obviously. And then Basque, she's hanging out there too. Cause why not? Right. And I'm not exactly sure how that happened. And I haven't actually made like a consecrated altar because his rooms, I feel like everything's always in flux because he's only a couple months old. So as he grows, we switch things around for what he needs. But um, all of the statues have kind of, they've posted up and made an altar I've realized, right? And I'm like, oh, I didn't actually mean to do that. But here we are, cool. Like I see what you guys want but there's no like surface space in his room to put anything down. So like when I walk in and I have a glass of water, for instance, like she, I was like, ah, and so I put it down in front of like the Madonna and child. And I looked at her cause you could totally hear her go mine. And I'm like, 
no no that's i'm thirsty that's mine I'm just, no so i just thought i'd share that oh that's crazy uh, just yeah. you could tell you're going mine like no <laughs> <laughs> that's but funny we really should give her something so maybe i will give her some of the iced tea that i made and there see, you if, go. see if she likes that, it yeah looks makes pretty. her happy it looks like wine it does doesn't it it's, it does it's, look like wine you didn't know pretty, better pretty color yeah it looks it's like, like rosé yes it does Blush pretty color looks oh, yeah. it's really yeah. light yeah it's really delicious i love this and it's so pungent and smells wonderful what's your intentions as you drink it oh man i have to really think about that well mm-hmm. yeah put your intentions in it basically every single moment during your tea drinking process is magical if you think about it every single step of from blending together to brewing it to and taking it afterwards and enjoying it is like the whole spell in itself so put all your intentions in every moment I love that because that's a really good reminder for all of us because so many times we go straight to thinking that magic has to be this big ritual, this huge elaborate working. And you took something that we really view as something very simple, like brewing a cup of tea and put some really potent magic in it. And you've inspired me because this is right now, one of my favorite teas, this prickly pear and hibiscus tea. And um, it's kind of funny because if you think about it, it's, it's me and a cup of tea because I am Hawaiian and Italian. So (laughs) there we have it. And it's pink. So there we go. But um, I think I do have like a little bit of um, an intent that I'm going to kind of put with this because I was taught by one of my spirits to always use hibiscus for love. Um, And I've never really worked with prickly pear magically, but it is something that I have recently started to develop an appreciation for because it is a staple in Sicily and I am actually Sicilian and I really want to go to Sicily. And while I haven't found any courses on learning Sicilian, I have started teaching myself Italian. I am doing it too. All right. You're doing going, but going to Italy, we're going. So this is going to be my tea to manifest that I actually found a girl on Instagram that is Sicilian and like, she just posts random things about it and like different words and things. And I love it. And she's actually in Sicily right now. So I've like loved all of the pictures she's put up. It's been magical and it's been very inspiring. And I'm like, Nope, I'm going. So this is the tea that I shall brew to get me there. That is a perfect tea then, because if you have hibiscus and pear, hibiscus will bring you luck and the pear will grant your wishes. Oh, nice. There you go. I love this. All right. I'm going to have to go, go yeah. make my Shauna's going to Sicily tea. Thank you. You know, it's interesting because I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm a tea drinker. I've been drinking tea since I'm a little girl. We used to have tea time like uh, in mid afternoon with my mom and, and this woman that I called grandma but she wasn't really my grandma and every day around two o'clock in the afternoon we would have tea time and believe it or not out of you know I work with a lot of teas because I do all the readings and I have all the different varieties for the people but the tea that I drink don't laugh now promise is Lipton I love Lipton tea that's all right (laughs) you know and every day I start with tea and there's so many benefits to drinking tea you know, that, that people don't know about, it really is very healthy for you. So mm-hmm. even something as simple as black tea, you know, from like uh, <laughs> Lipton and whatever, but 
even when I go away, I take a few bags with me because not everybody carries it. And I'm like, oh no, it has to be lived in tea. So <laughs> tea is still tea and still magical no matter where you get it and how much it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm going to share something that just happened off mic. That was really funny. Um, Ricky just came by and he sees my wine glass. And so he reaches for it, like, give me some. And Hey, it looks like Rose, like we just said, and he takes a sip and then he mouths, what the fuck is this? <laughs> surprise, a surprise. It's the Shauna's going to Sicily tea. That's what it is. That's it. So yeah, so now Not it's the Shauna Ricky are going to Sicily tea. Yeah. So mode it be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. mode it be. Yes. <laughs> do you um, read tea leaves by chance? Like being a tea witch, is that something that you do as well? I do. And I actually oh. want to ask Monica, um, you said that you like to use the limpton as your tea leaf reading? No, no, no. I you like, like the longer ones. I like the long leaf teas. And I, I actually look at the jars when I go shopping for my teas because I don't like the little, you know, when they grind it up. I it don't, yeah. it doesn't work for me. I like the I, yeah. same here. I okay. love the oolong teas. Those are oh. the ones that I go to when I want to use it for tea leaf reading. Oh, just wow. because they're so like long and they're thick and oh and it tastes so good yeah mm -hmm. yeah I I have a, yeah. <laughs> I have a plum tea that I use that's really really delicious plum I love the plum I love the tropical because it has little flecks of of color in there when I'm reading so yeah I pick specifics so yeah but do I drink them <laughs> I just read them so do you have any tea is your preference for tea um to read because of shape because of the taste because I'm assuming as tea leaf readers like I mean Monica must drink an insane amount of tea especially to do like you know like the distance readings and stuff so you have to like find it palatable yes. or is there is there a tea that you've tried to to scry and it's just like no, I don't want to talk to you. Like, do you have like an herb that gives you an attitude about divination? Uh, I, that's a good question. I don't think actually I've ever really had that problem. Uh, I mean, I probably would agree with Monica. I don't like that ground up. Uh, some, some readers use like the ground coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It does and I, I would say that one. Yes. That one is probably where it gives me attitude because <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's, it's like mush. It's, it's a yeah, it's like mud. mud. It's just mud. It's not cool. It's not cool to read, but I'm just amazed at what the tea produces, the pictures and the information that I get. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Who it's taught you how to read yourself? Oh, I did. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. Mm -hmm. It first started with palmistry. And as I started to love uh, tea, I, well, actually it was palmistry first and then tarot and then tea. <laughs> um, but tea took a little longer, surprisingly, even though I really loved it. It was, it was more of just really trying to see the pictures that will come through, uh, especially when you're trying to do long distance ones yeah that one's a little tricky yeah. not so much now but before it was when you first were learning it I love it especially when you're actually having a tea party with your friends and they are there and they actually can sip it and they leave their essence into the yes, tea cup, you yes. know and 
Yeah. That's we're going to have to exchange readings someday. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that too. From That's another really tea cool. leaf reader. You I know, know. That would right? be amazing. Yeah. Because there's not too many of us around, you know. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're a rare breed. So, right. Bring this them back. <laughs> Monica, I think you're going to have to really go through. Um, her book again and, and try out like reading with a couple of the recipes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have read with some mostly, you know, the different kind of herbs in there and they do create beautiful pictures sometimes. Like there was this rose and another kind of tea and it was beautiful. I mean, the way you created pictures in there, but it's not, wasn't readily available all the time. So yeah, mm -hmm. that was just a once in a lifetime thing, but I could basically read any kind of tea. I mean, even if I had to in a pinch, I can open a tea bag and do it like that. But I prefer not to, to be honest with you. Yeah. I remember you and I went and read for um, an Amazon. Oh, event, yes, yes, right? yes, yes, like yes. A, Before like some like award show where they're showcasing everything. And so they had us doing tea leaf readings there. And they had us like reading from these ground up little like wads of tea where it was like scrying lumps. And I was like, okay. And I sat down and looked at the first cup and I just said, all right, spirit guides, you guys really better be, be helping me out here and be coaching me through this. Uh, so which, what you got there? My husband just brought this in. It was, it's late night dinner. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Go, go husband. Right on. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a good man there. Brings He's you proud of his steak. So. <laughs> All right. All right. So is your husband a, a witch too? No. He's a lichen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Actually, no joke. His uh, mother's family line, their last names are lichen. Really? Oh, that's yeah. really cool. So he's still magical, just not in the witchy way. Well, he's yeah. pagan friendly. That's all that matters, right? He, he, he supports you and mm -hmm. he respects your, your uh, path. So that's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. I want to ask just like on that topic, because I, I always find this really interesting. Um, in my experience with most of the couples that I've met where one is a witch and one isn't the one that isn't a witch is kind of just like a low pro witch and didn't know, or at least like witch adjacent, they start to pick up on magical things and it starts to ingrain into their life. Have you noticed that like with your husband too? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, he, he's not really, or he was never really the religious type, even though he was kind of grown up to read and understand the Bible and all that, but his belief and which were we relate to he believes that everything is energy and that it's all linked and it's connected and you can will things into the physical world um he he did actually have some interest in chaos magic which i'm not surprised but <laughs> wow yeah. that's awesome well i'm glad he's on your he's on in the on the same page as you because a lot of people have discrepancies over that in their marriage and it's really hard. So good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Shall we let her go eat her dinner? No, we were <laughs> going to keep her here forever and ever. <laughs> yeah. So before we let, we let you go, um, couple, just like quick questions. One thing that we really love to do is, um, have our guests share a little piece of magic for our listeners at home to try themselves. Can you part any herbal tea wisdom for us? I would love to. And by thinking about it, you know, when you first mentioned it, I would love to talk about the courage tea 
recipe and spell that I did actually before we met up together here. Awesome. <laughs> uh, very simple. You know, all you really need is a white candle or an orange one and you light it and right before, well, you light it and then as you blend together your tea blend, it's uh, just some black tea, chamomile, some yarrow and some thyme. Uh, you could use a little bit of honey to just sweeten and some almond milk. And as you light, well, you already have the lit candle, but as you sit and relax and meditate with the tea, kind of, Take the white candle in one hand and your teacup in the other and take a deep breath in and fill yourself with what you imagine courages and strength and bravery. And you could chant to yourself, I am brave, I am fair. I have no fear or despair. And every time you, or whatever you feel like you want to say out loud or within yourself. And every time you finish that saying, take a sip of your tea and then say it again, as much as you need and just sip it every time, sipping that courage and that bravery until it fills your belly and let it be. There you go. Sounds great. I absolutely love that. That one's going in the book of shadows. Yeah, that's a great. One. <laughs> I like that. We talked a lot about your blog, which you share all sorts of really wonderful in information that is inspired by all sorts of things in life. And you have, again, I, I love all the Zodiac stuff, the stuff to do with the moon. You've got something for everyone that they can kind of relate to um, with tea and with your spell work that you can find through your blog, but also your book, which again, I loved. It was simple. It was straightforward and full of wonderful recipes that again, I thought was great because I knew I was going to be able to find all this stuff. I work in an apothecary, but I looked at them like, oh, this is great because so many people can attain these ingredients and be able to experience this. So where can they, they find you? Where can they find your book, your blog, and learn more about you and this beautiful craft that you have? Well, you can find me on most social medias, on Instagram as the Tea Witch blog, or my other author one, which is the SM Harlow. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Pretty much if you, if you Google up the Tea Witch blog, I will pop up and, uh, uh, the same for my blog, it's theteawitchblog.com. And as far as searching for my book, you could definitely find it on Amazon if you type in A.T. Witch's Grimoire. Um, but I've recently discovered that you probably can find it in other areas such as Target and Walmart and wow. and I didn't know this, but apparently so. And uh, That's so exciting. Congratulations. Does that feel like kind of like cool? Like your stores and like, or your books in like mainstream stores? <laughs> it's pretty surreal. It really is. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I started, I started this small and with great hope and, uh, it really has, grown awesome. beautifully yeah. yeah like a like a tea blossom <laughs> yes beautiful congratulations i loved it i am definitely a huge fan you mentioned maybe like 
a second book potentially with some of your recipes later on down the line. If that happens, I can't wait for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. But thank thank you you so much for taking time tonight to talk to us and, and share about your magic and these, the stories of, I love the water moccasin story. I think I'm going to be stuck on that one for a minute. Cause that's just so terrifying and magical all at the same time. That, that was just great. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, probably a random moment to bring this in, but the whole mugwort, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, oh. if I had came to me, I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but I was thinking dandelion leaf, I would use dandelion leaf. Okay. I like it. I like okay. it. And that one's good for you too. I can get behind that. So that's a good um, substitute then. That's something that you would try. For me. Instead of mugwort? Yeah. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Very well, cool. everyone at home, go check that one out too, because I'm always the first naysayer when people are like, I'm going to drink mugwort. I'm like, no. <laughs> so now, you know, you guys have something else that you can try instead. We like to wrap up every episode with a shout out to a friend or somebody like whoever we want to say hi and I love you too. Um, so Monica, who's your shout out? I'm going to shout out to the people that have been holding the fort down for me at the store when I'm in my absence. So I'm shouting out to all you guys, you know who you are. I am shouting out to our wonderful guest, SM Harlow. She has been so wonderful and easy to talk to. And this has been an interview I've been very excited for. So I'm so happy that it happened. Thank you for coming and shout out to you and your amazing book. Thank you. And who is your shout out to? I would like to shout out to my amazing husband and my son who have been very encouraging throughout all this and knowing how this has always been possible and just helped further encourage me to get the word out <laughs> about so, tea witchery and to my lovely hosts. Thank uh, you so, thank much. You so it's much. It's been such a pleasure to meet you both. Yes, it was a pleasure to meet you as well. Absolutely. This, this was amazing. And I will, I will definitely stay in touch and see what Alabama adventures you post on Instagram. I am all here for it. And again, thank you so much, everyone listening. We love you. Thank you so much for always listening, chiming in, supporting. We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. We hope that you go and check out her blog and follow her on social media. Check out the book. It is a wonderful thing to have in your magical library. I highly recommend it. And on that note, Mary Meet, Mary Park, and and Mary Mary Meet again. again.